Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. If you're new or maybe you're not new and you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram. Our Instagram is at Oh My Allergies. My Instagram is at Oh My Valencia. Make sure you take the time to leave us a review and give us a rating. Hopefully that rating is five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and on platforms like that really helps us out so much and really helps us with being able to grow this community and have more and more people be able to discover this podcast and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking all about what is a shellfish allergy. This is something that especially lately I've been wanting to talk about here on the podcast and as I've reflected on the different types of allergies that I've talked about, I realized that there are some that are in the top nine that I've not discussed on the podcast yet. And this one especially um, has been more recently affecting me. So I'm going to dive deep into that and kind of go into what is shellfish? What is a shellfish allergy? Sorry, my lisp is like really hardcore coming through. Um, what are the different types of cell of shellfish and uh, things like that? So before we get into today's episode, you guys know I got to tell you guys what's been going on. So what's been going on with me? Well, I have been watching softball a lot lately. Like this past weekend, it was the conference championships for all of Division One softball. So while I was doing a little bit of work and things like that on the weekend, I was watching that. And then actually yesterday um, was the selection show that shows who are the 16 teams that are nationally seeded, which means that they're going to be hosting the regionals and all of the teams that are going to be competing in those regionals and there's a total of I think like 64 teams that are currently in the running for going to the Women's College World Series but I am excited because we are officially in postseason guys I am so excited which means it's a road to the Women's College World Series time so pumped about it I'm of course rooting for the Georgia schools first I know Georgia which is UGA and Georgia Tech are playing those are the only two Georgia schools that I know that made it to regionals um I'll probably have to double check that but from my knowledge when I looked at the brackets I only saw Georgia and Georgia Tech um after that I'm rooting for Texas softball you guys know that I am a Texas softball gal and then I'm also rooting for Clemson softball but you will not catch me rooting for University of Alabama or even the Oklahoma Sooners. Sorry, I just I just don't vibe with those teams. I just don't like how arrogant they are. And every time that they play against another team, they're always like 
expected to win and expected to dominate and don't even really give other teams a chance in my opinion when watching them so at least from the commentator side I don't really know how it is at the actual games but the commentator side like it's so annoying people saying things like oh like I know the Sooners are gonna win this or okay once the Sooners win this game they're gonna be doing this next and I'm like that's so annoying because you're not even giving other teams a chance to actually like have that opportunity to win but that's just my personal opinion. But another thing that I've been watching is Bling Empire. This past weekend, season two premiered on Netflix. So have been watching that currently on episode three. And I'm actually really excited about this season because Dorothy Wang is on it. And she's from Rich Kids of Beverly Hills. Even though none of those people on that show were kids, they were like, late 20s and early 30s and that's not a kid in my opinion um but I really liked her on that show so I'm really excited to see her on here um I remember when Bling Empire first came out I was actually kind of surprised that she wasn't on it initially but I've been watching those two shows and watching softball and things like that so those are some of the things that I've been up to lately so with that being said let's get right into my foodie likes So for this week, I actually only have one foodie like this week. So this week, I wanted to talk to you all about this snack slash breakfast option that I've really been liking a lot lately and actually posted about it um, recently on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page on our story. So make sure you follow at Oh My Allergies to find little things about the different episodes, sneak peeks, tidbits in my life. You can also follow at Oh My Valencia to find even more about my life as well. But yeah, I kind of talked about this snack breakfast option on there and it's from the brand Pure Bliss Organics and it's their almond pumpkin bar and I've been trying out new bars that are like relatively like low in carbs and actually ones that like stick to me in terms of making me feel satisfied you know what I'm saying so like if I'm gonna eat a bar like I don't want to be hungry 10 minutes later and I think that's crazy that sometimes bars can do that to you so it's like I'm eating all these calories I'm eating 200 250 300 worth of calories and I'm not satisfied so it kind of in my opinion makes you look at calories differently in terms of okay like what can you get for the same amount of calories and be a little bit more fulfilling and I'm getting off track back to this bar um, like I said I've been trying new bars that are like relatively low in carbs really trying to find a bar where I'm not hungry like five ten minutes later but I found this one from pure bliss organics and thought that it was like really good and really tasty almonds are actually one of the few nuts that I can actually eat just based off of like allergy testing and things like that so this can be a safe snack for me for sure I can definitely picture myself putting this in my bag if I'm like going somewhere and not sure if there's like an option for me and have this be like one of my snacks that I include. I will say that this bar also contains seeds like sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. So if you are a person that is affected by sesame or sunflower seeds or seeds for whatever reason, whether it's related to allergies or another autoimmune condition, then that's kind of like a FYI for you guys out there. Now the label only says contains almonds, so make sure that you're double checking the label to catch any allergens that have been like newly declared as an allergen, like sesame and sesame seeds, because some companies haven't updated their labels accordingly yet. But again, highly recommend this bar. It's so 
good. It's so tasty. I feel like it's not too sweet either because that's one thing when it comes to some bars. Like I feel like they're like too sweet or too salty. And with this bar, I don't feel any of those things. I feel really satisfied after having it. So highly recommend this bar because it is so good. But with that being said, now that I have talked about my foodie like, I can't say foodie likes, but my foodie like, we can get right into uh, this week's allergy news. So this week's allergy news article comes from Newsweek and the article is titled woman says she was hospitalized after coffee shop gave her the wrong milk. So there was a person who went on TikTok and really just shocked their followers and viewers with an account of what happened when one barista did not serve her the oat milk that she requested. And so this TikTok user posted a video of herself with a swollen face and what looked like a hospital room after her order went wrong. And so the clip has reached over 1 million views. And so she said in the comment section of her video that she had asked for oat milk and received either almond or regular milk. She wasn't sure, but she's allergic to both. So she, in her book, this was just a whole thing that just went wrong. And I totally agree. Um, she added in the caption that she needed epinephrine, uh, so she had an EpiPen. She needed two Benadryls and two types of steroids to treat her allergic reaction. And as we've talked about on the podcast before, there's a big clear distinction between an allergy to milk and dairy products and being lactose intolerant. And I feel like so many people get those things mixed up. It's actually crazy. But kind of just to break it down, I also did an episode about this as well when talking about milk allergies and dairy and lactose and things like that. Lactose intolerance has to deal with not being able to digest the sugar that's in milk, which is lactose. Whereas a milk allergy is exactly what it sounds like. It's an allergy. So the symptoms can range from having hives to having an upset stomach to even going into anaphylactic shock. So it really just depends on your body and the person on how you will react to said allergen. And I know a lot of people, including myself, tend to go with milk alternatives. There's so many out there. There's soy milk, there's almond milk, there's flaxseed milk, there's oat milk. There's so many out there now. I remember like, years and years and years ago when like the big one was soy milk and everybody was like ah soy milk yes all these places have soy milk now yes this is revolutionary and now there's like so many milks that you can choose from it's actually crazy however if you're allergic to tree nuts having a milk alternative like almond milk or macadamia nut milk which I cannot have at all could trigger an, a reaction so Rose the TikToker uh user posted a follow-up video really just clarifying that she had been treated and she was released from the hospital after about four to five hours of being monitored. So there were some people who followed her and saw the video that were very sympathetic to her story, which I would hope all the people that are listening to this podcast would be on that side of the spectrum. But then there was other people who took the side of the barista who made a mistake. And here are some of the comments. One comment said, imagine having severe allergies and expecting the world to accommodate and ensure your safety. Sweetie, these are minimum wage workers that deal with buttholes all day. Another comment said, if it's so deadly, why take the chance? Just eat at home or take a lunchbox. Now, seeing those comments, I'm like, 
what do you like there's so many people that deal with disabilities and allergies is a disability because it affects and impacts your quality of life so it's like one of those things like what do you like what do you mean like I didn't ask to have these allergies you know what I'm saying and so if I have communicated to the people who are preparing my food that I have x y and z allergies and to make sure that you can prevent cross contact and cross contamination when you are preparing my drink my food etc I've done my job at letting you know it's kind of up to you to make sure that you're following what you said you were going to follow and so in an instance when it comes to life or death a mistake is not really okay and then there were other commenters that jumped to the girl's defense arguing that she shouldn't be blamed for her allergy and all service workers should really take precautions to avoid inadvertently sending someone to the hospital. Another person had said, why is everyone defending the barista? I was one. Allergies are serious and should be taken seriously. And then the Rose uh, person, the TikTok user, responded to the backlash herself and said that she paid 70 cents extra for the oat milk and was not, quote, asking the world to accommodate her. So again, like you're dealing with allergies anyway, and you did what you needed to do in order to communicate that and what you need and the different precautions that need to be taken in order to make sure that your health is in good condition. This is somebody's health that we're talking about. But on top of that, she paid for the milk alternative to make sure that her health was not being put at risk. So it's like, there's already her health. And then she paid to make sure? To me, that's kind of like, there's no room for mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely would really love to hear what you all think about this story and what your opinions are. So definitely leave us a message over on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page. Our Instagram is at Oh My Allergies. Would love to hear you guys' thoughts about this. As always, our allergy news articles are linked in our show notes. Definitely don't go over every little inch of each article. Kind of give a high level overview and some things that kind of points that are being brought out to kind of start that conversation with this allergy news article so hopefully you guys take a look at our show notes in order to check out the article in its full entirety but with that being said let's get right into today's episode which is all about what is a shellfish allergy yes i said it right like i say in these types of episodes i'm not a doctor Um, I'm not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be either of those things. These are just things that I know from personal experience and research that I've done. And I encourage you all to do research on your own as well. So like I said, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what is shellfish and what is a shellfish allergy. Now, I've talked about so many other types of allergies ranging from food to environmental to even skin irritation and skin allergies. But I wanted to talk about a a top nine allergen that doesn't really get as much attention as, let's say, peanuts and dairy, at least in my opinion, and that's shellfish. And I wanted to talk about this allergy because, A, it's one that I've had to do more research on lately based on results that I've received from allergy testing, as well as when my mother was allergy tested as well. Also, it's not only a major allergen that can develop 
up at any time during a person's life, but it tends to pop up and really be present when someone reaches adulthood. And so what's really interesting with kind of a tad bit of crazy is that a shellfish allergy is different from other allergies due to allergic reactions to shellfish being unpredictable and sometimes occurring long after a person has eaten and consumed the allergen it doesn't show like any other symptoms and it can also be caused by foods that you've eaten before with no issue at all which it's really crazy right like allergic reactions to shellfish can also often become more and more severe after every time that you expose yourself to it so this is a really good example of an allergy that you might not deal with when you are a child, when you are youth, when you're in childhood, and then you grow up and then you kind of realize, oh my goodness, like I'm allergic to this. Like, oh my gosh. And like, in fact, along with fish, shellfish allergies are actually the most common adult onset food allergies. And it's actually estimated that more than 6.5 million American adults have allergies to either one or both fish and shellfish. And that's according to FAIR, which stands for Food Allergy Research and Education. Now, according to Cleveland Clinic, about 60% of people who have a shellfish allergy first get symptoms as an adult. And they mention that the reason may be related to children just not really eating it like that and that people usually eat shellfish for the first time when they are an adult and so that's possibly why symptoms appear like later in your life so I'm really gonna like break down like what is shellfish because I feel like that's really important for people to like know like what that is before you kind of figure out what an allergy with that is and then also the different kinds of shellfish that exist so In short, shellfish are animals that live in the water and have a shell-like exterior. And a shellfish allergy is a type of food allergy, as I've already mentioned, and it's when you have an abnormal response by the body's immune system to proteins and certain marine animals. The animals that fall within the shellfish category include crustaceans and mollusks, and some people with a shellfish allergy react to all shellfish and then others only react to certain kinds. From my experience this has been true uh, because when I did allergy testing like a few months ago I discovered that I'm allergic to crab. Totally came out of left field. I was like wait what? Like I was I was just really really confused like and as I reflect I used to eat crab like sometimes when I was younger with like the whole like crab legs and the butter and it tasted like so good and it melted in your mouth but then like I just randomly stopped eating it and I haven't had crab for like such a very very long time. However, like when I tested for other like shellfish, I was told that I was fine and that the only one that showed up that I was like having a reaction to was crab. So I was told that I could eat shrimp and be fine, which again, it kind of just shows that you can have reactions to either all shellfish or just 
one or some. And so this really kind of speaks to how allergies are not just one size fits all and how everyone's body processes these allergens differently. So we may all have the same allergies and react differently to them. And so it's so like very like fascinating to me, like this whole idea of that. And then meanwhile, like my mother, she can't eat shrimp, but she can have crab. And so it's, it's kind of like, interesting because it's like I can have it but you can't and you can have it but I can't and so there's like a lot of things that are like that from when we did allergy testing it's kind of crazy but I plan on doing like a whole allergy testing episode soon so definitely stay tuned I don't want to give everything away in this episode in terms of some of my results but those are some of my results and those actually kind of like shocked me I was like what so weird um but now I'm gonna break down what happens when you're allergic to shellfish or a particular one and the impact that it has on your body so when a person has an allergy to a particular shellfish and they're exposed to it proteins and the shellfish bind to specific IgE which is immunoglobin E antibodies that are made by the person's immune system and if you're wondering what the heck is immunoglobin E also known as IgE those are antibodies that are produced by the immune system so if you have an allergy your immune system overreacts to an allergen by producing those antibodies and so those antibodies they travel to different cells that release chemicals that cause an allergic reaction and so that reaction can cause symptoms that are like in your nose in your lungs in your throat on your skin things like that so I know If you are just hearing about immunoglobin E for the first time, um, you're probably like, what is that? Science, uh, it just goes over my head. So I kind of just wanted to put that in there as like an explainer of what it is. But with that being said, this triggers the person's immune defenses, leading to reaction symptoms that can be either mild or very severe for shellfish. So like I said, there are two types of shellfish. There are crustaceans, so that's the crab, the crawfish, the lobster, the shrimp, the prawns. And the mollusks are scallops, squid, mussels, snails, clams, oysters, octopus, things like that. So now a shellfish allergy is different from an allergy to fish. And those who are allergic to shellfish do not necessarily have to avoid fish and vice versa. But just make sure that you're talking with an allergist, your doctor, etc. in order to double check and make sure that if you have an allergy to shellfish that you can have fish just to make sure now some symptoms that are usually associated with having a shellfish allergy kind of just ranges from like mild symptoms like hives or stuffy nose to severe and even life-threatening ones so it could be vomiting stomach cramps indigestion diarrhea wheezing having shortness of breath, having like a cough that's like repetitive, feeling like this tightness in your throat, having like a hoarse voice, um, hives, 
swelling that can affect like your lips or your tongue, uh, having like a sense of confusion, dizziness, having pale or blue coloring of your skin, having a weak pulse. There's so many different symptoms that can fall up underneath how your body reacts to having what they perceive as being harmful to your body. So within the shellfish family, um, like I said, it is the crustacean group, um, like the shrimp, the lobster, and the crab, that usually causes the greatest number of allergic reactions. Whereas, you know, with mollusk, not as much. And that's the scallops, the oysters, the clams, the mussels. And typically they say that many shellfish allergic people can actually tolerate those things. Um, and that symptoms just really can vary from person to person. And a person may not always experience the same symptoms during each and every reaction. What's more, uh, people who are allergic to shellfish don't necessarily have to eat it to develop a reaction. They may react to it if they're close to it being cooked or if the food came in contact with the shellfish, you know, things like that. That's kind of where that cross contact and that cross contamination comes into play. Now, when it comes to allergic reactions to shellfish, it can affect your skin. Like I said, it can affect your respiratory tract. It can affect your gastrointestinal tract. It can even affect your cardiovascular system as well. And like I said, you know, even though uh, shellfish allergies are usually most commonly um, not found until adulthood, it can happen pretty much at any age. You know, I've come across people who are little kids who have a shellfish allergy, and then there's some people who develop it and figure out that they have it when they're an adult. So it's not really like, oh, like you have to be an adult to have a shellfish allergy develop. Like it could happen pretty much at any age, at any stage of your life. And when a food allergy is suspected, this is something that I talk about in all episodes, it's really important to consult an allergist who can really determine what tests to perform, you know, decide if an allergy exists and really be able to provide you with that support on managing your symptoms and exposure and treatment plans and things like that once you've been diagnosed and it's been confirmed. And just a heads up, when you go to um, a doctor, you're most likely gonna be asked a lot of different questions, but most commonly like, what did you eat? When did your symptoms develop? You know, what symptoms do you have? You know, those typical like doctor-like questions that you've been asked when you go into a regular doctor's office and they're like, hey, like, what'd you come in for today? And asking about your symptoms and how long you've been feeling them and things like that. Um, now, if you have a shellfish allergy, typically uh, the only way to avoid an allergic reaction is to avoid all shellfish and products that contain it because even trace amounts of shellfish can actually cause a severe reaction in some people. And so just to prevent a reaction, it's just really important to avoid all shellfish and shellfish products, um, always reading food labels. There's actually an episode that I did talking about how to read food labels when you have allergies that I think is really helpful, especially if you're new to the world of allergies and don't really know like what to look for. So definitely check out that episode. And then also asking questions about ingredients before you just like put a food down your throat and eat it um, that you've not prepared yourself. I always say that if you it doesn't have like nutrition facts on it 
it's just better to just stay away from it because at least things that have nutrition facts on the back, which means there's an ingredients list, you're able to like look through and kind of get a sense for like what's in it. Whereas you really have to put trust in a person um, that makes food to know that there's not an allergen that that's in there that you're allergic to you know what I'm saying like you have to make sure like even if they didn't necessarily put your allergen in it did the food that they make come in contact with your allergen like was cross contact a thing was cross contamination a a thing and it's just like a big headache and so just to be safe if you can't verify the ingredients in something just don't eat it just don't eat it. You save yourself so much of a headache in the long run. And that's something that I've learned from experience because I've made a mistake and have just taken something without even double checking or even knowing that I was allergic to something and found out I was allergic to something. That's usually how those situations work. So ask questions. I highly recommend you ask questions. Pretty much any person with an allergy would tell you that they ask 50 million questions, whether they're going out to a restaurant, whether they're going out to a family gathering and there's food, or they're going to a friend gathering and there's food, whatever the situation may be, ask, 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 ask questions. Now, most people who are allergic to one group of shellfish are Allergic to other types is what they say. Um, And your allergist will usually recommend you to like avoid all kinds of shellfish. And if you're allergic to a specific type, but want to eat another type of shellfish to talk to your doctor about getting that further allergy testing. Like I said, when I did allergy testing, I was told that um, I had an allergic reaction to crab, but I didn't have one for shrimp. So... I was asking, you know, my allergist, like, is it okay for me to still eat shrimp, you know, even though something came up in the test for crab and I was told that I was in the clear. So really make sure that even though you might be testing for a specific allergen um, in your allergy test to ask those questions, those follow-up questions of, okay, well, if I'm allergic to this, can I eat this? Like another example was like, for me with nuts like I know that I am like severely allergic to macadamia nuts but it's a tree nut and so there's so many other tree nuts that fall up underneath that and it's like okay well if if I can't eat this then can I eat that or you know what can I eat pretty much and so really just asking those questions is really going to be able to help you in the long run also another tip is to steer clear of seafood restaurants where there's like a high risk of food cross contact and you should avoid touching shellfish and going to fish markets and just being in an area where shellfish are being cooked can really put you at risk because the protein from the shellfish could actually be in the steam. So that's also something to keep in mind that I did not know prior to doing research on this allergy, which I think is very interesting that even steam The protein could be in the steam and that could affect some folks, which is really crazy. Crustacean shellfish are, like I said, one of the major allergens that is typically listed in plain language on packaged foods that are sold throughout the U.S. because it's required by law that either within the ingredients list or a separate contained statement has to be on the package. And so for crustacean shellfish, the specific variety must also be included on the package so whether it's 
crab or whether it's shrimp or whether it's prawns or what have you. And the thing that I thought was really interesting is that when it comes to mollusks, they're not required to be labeled in the U.S. at this particular time. And it can be present in a food item and you don't expect it. Um, so I think that that's very interesting in the mollusks, like I said, those are like scallops and oysters and things like that. One thing that I kind of started thinking about as I was doing research was wondering why like some people are more apt to be allergic to the crustacean side of shellfish and not really the mollusk side of shellfish, which I think is really interesting. But yeah, I'm still doing research on that and trying to figure out like why is that the case just because I'm just genuinely interested. Now when it comes to different foods to avoid that contain shellfish or any different ingredients that are related to shellfish products, it's like barnacle, crab, crawfish, so crawdad, crayfish, things like that, uh, lobster, um, prawns, shrimp, um, clams, mussels, octopus, sea cucumber. I didn't even know periwinkle was a thing. I thought it was just a color. Squid, so that's calamari. There's just so many. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And also some other places that shellfish could be found in is um, seafood flavoring. So whether that's crab extract, clam extract, a uh, fish stock, a uh, fish sauce, which I've seen before, fish stock, uh, cuttlefish ink, surimi. Like there's just so many products that shellfish could be found in. And it's kind of crazy because you really don't think about it when you're not really affected by shellfish as much. And so you just are like, oh yeah, seafood. Yeah, woohoo. And then when you really take the time to look it up, you're like, oh my gosh, like it's in a lot, it's in a lot of stuff. So when it comes to typical treatments that are used for allergic reactions that are associated with just shellfish or just in general when it comes to food allergies, uh, epinephrine is the main treatment for anaphylaxis. And so once your allergist or doctor has confirmed that you have an allergy to shellfish, you're most likely going to get a prescription for epinephrine. So your allergist or your doctor will teach you how to use it. When I went to an allergist and got my OviQ, that in that session, they showed me how to be able to use it. The really thing that I really like about the OviQ is it comes with a trainer. So that's very helpful um, to also not only teach yourself, but also teach your family and your friends as well. I found that to be really helpful. Um, if you have a severe allergic reaction and you inject yourself with epinephrine, the next step is to call 911. One thing that I think some people get kind of twisted is that you use epinephrine. You're like, oh, okay, I'm fine. I'm good. Like you use an auto injector. You're like, I'm good. But it's like, no, you still have to call 911. So that's this. the steps don't end. So you inject yourself with the epinephrine with the auto injector. You call 911 and then you're supposed to make sure to tell the dispatcher, you know, like what happened. Um, that you used your epinephrine injection um, and then EMTs may need to give you another dose you know when you arrive it just kind of depends and typically when you use an epinephrine injection you use it when you get like a shortness of breath you start coughing hives throat tightness you have trouble breathing things like that um, I actually did a whole episode on epinephrine if you want to learn more about epinephrine and what it is and some backstory behind that so definitely check that out to learn more as well as check out the episode that I did on anaphylaxis it's called what is anaphylaxis so there's good content in both of those episodes 
Another tip that I talked about a little while ago is reading labels because cross-contamination can not only occur when you are going out to restaurants and things like that. It can actually occur in stores where other food is processed or displayed near shellfish and during manufacturing. So make sure you are reading those food labels very carefully. And the last tip I'm going to talk about in this episode is keeping your distance. So you may need to completely avoid places where shellfish is prepared and processed. And some people react after touching shellfish or even inhaling the steam like I talked about a little while ago from cooking shellfish. So those are just things to keep in mind. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. We're able to get some knowledge, some tips some tricks um, about shellfish and a shellfish allergy. I'm happy that I made it through this episode without having to trip over my words too much because those S's guys, those S's can get me at times. But if you are not subscribed to the podcast, what are you waiting for? Make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at oh my allergies. My Instagram is at oh my Valencia. Make sure you take the time to leave us a review and give us a rating. Hopefully that rating is five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. And I will We'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys.